0: Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Well, welcome back to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this show And as you no doubt know by now, um, I had my third book released, Contentment, The Journey of a Lifetime, and my wonderful wife, Sarah, joined me uh, in talking about the book and the topic of contentment. But really, over the next um, bunch of months, maybe six months or so, I really want to talk about applying contentment to our lives and what that looks like. Today, though, I want to set a foundation, and I want to talk about two realities. First, I want to talk about um, the peace of God that we have because of the finished work of Christ, you know, His death, burial, and resurrection. And then I want to talk, secondly, with you about applying how that peace is being applied to and in our lives through our union with Christ and through the work of the Holy Spirit. So first— how this piece that Jesus won for us, in in John 19.30, Jesus says, it is finished. When he says this, he means that literally, he means that because of what he has done on the cross, um, he has won for us a salvation that is secured in his blood. You might have heard me say that there it was signed, our salvation was signed and sealed and delivered in the blood of Jesus. And that is the reality. Um, because of Jesus, we and his work, his person and work, we have salvation. Without Jesus doing what he did on the cross, coming under the sentence of death in the incarnation, there is no salvation for anybody and Paul says this in Romans 5, 1 through 2, that it's this peace that what this is the peace that Jesus offers to us. In John 14, 26, Jesus talks about this peace, this peace that he alone can give. You know, the world offers, says peace and peace and peace, and it, but it offers a false peace. The only peace. The only lasting peace, the only genuine peace that we have, is because of Jesus. That's what Jesus is talking about in John nineteen thirty. It's Paul's point in Romans five one through two, and so so I ask you today: Do you, dear listener, do you have this peace? Do you have this peace that made you right with makes you right with God? and if not why not uh, Jesus offers you this peace this peace is the foundation for life in Christ and Paul talks about you might have read Paul's epistles and you see this phrase in the Lord in him in Christ well the only way to be in Christ the only way to be in him the only way to be in the Lord is to repent and believe and put your hope and trust in Christ alone. Paul said to the Philippian jailer in Acts 16.31 to believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and to be saved. So have you done that? Have you believed that Jesus Christ is the only way to God, as John 14.6 says, and Acts 4.12 says, Have you repented and believed that Jesus Christ is the only Lord and the only Savior and that he is the only way to God? Well, if you have, then you are in him. You are in the Lord. You belong to Christ and he belongs to you. We call that union with Christ. And, it, and it's so important to talk about this reality of what Jesus has done, because it without that reality and without understanding that reality, there's no way then to turn and talk about the second aspect, uh, and that is practical peace that really flows from what Jesus has done. You see, it's because of this peace, I mean, that Jesus has won for us in his death, burial, and resurrection, Paul says in Colossians 1.13 that we have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of the Lord Jesus. And so we have peace with God because of Christ. Christ has done it. Christ has, has, has accomplished our salvation for us. So whether we look at salvation through the lens of the incarnation, Jesus came under the sentence of death to pay our pay for our sins, as Matthew one twenty one says, whether we look at it from the lens of adoption, we were once enemies of God and now have been brought near through the blood of Christ and we have been adopted. We are now friends of God, no longer enemies of God, no longer at war with God. Uh, we were once estranged from God. Uh, like I mentioned, we were his enemies, and yet at the right time, Christ bled and Christ died for us. He bought us from the slave market. He bought us uh, from the, the pig pen, like the prodigal son in Luke 15, and he brought us out from the market of sin and brought us, uh, bought us from that marketplace with his own blood. And so through his blood and through his resurrection, we are declared righteous in his sight. This is solely on the basis of God's grace alone through faith alone and in Christ alone. And so uh, this is the good news that we have. This provides the foundation then for the practical peace whereby we can experience this peace, this practical peace in every season of life. And it's this understanding that's so vital to, to talk about because this is really the understanding that Paul talks about in even a passage like Philippians 4, 6-8. This piece that he speaks about there, he's talking in context about the reality of the Christian life. In verse 2, he talks about standing firm in the Lord. And, and that phrase, like I mentioned, in the Lord, it applies to the Christian. So if you are in Christ, if you have repented and put your trust in Christ, you have that peace that we've already talked about. You belong to him. And what this peace is, this practical peace that flows from the peace of God through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, uh, what it does is it helps us. You know, we, we have to be careful here because as we've talked about on this show many times, um, there are people today who, who only focus on experience. But Paul says in Philippians 4 9 that he put, that he instructed us, commanded us to put into practice the things that he talked about. And so there is a, a Christian way to view experience in life. Uh, But it's grounded in the peace that Christ has given to us and then that practical peace that flows from uh, our union with Christ and our in in his experience and the reality of our communion with Christ through the ministry of the Holy Spirit who now indwells his own and has sealed us in Christ. So we are his and he is ours forever. And so that's what Paul is talking about in a text like Philippians 4, 6-8, through 8, that this peace of God that passes all understanding, he says there, and that's so important to understand because that is the peace that through the work of Jesus, through the power supply, if you will, the, the fuel source that, that Christ has won for us, this p- practical peace is being worked into our daily lives, through the trials, through our suffering, through our hardships, through our difficulty, A- and raise your hand right now. Are you going through financial challenges? Are, are you going through anxiety? Are you discouraged? Are you fearful about the future? Uh, do you have marital issues in your life? Do you have relational issues in your life? You know, um, and and it's this piece that helps us. You know. Um, right now I, I've talked about on this show, um, I have a father he's a little over my dad is a little over 80 years old. Um, he's like 80 81 right now, and uh, he has dementia. He's had it since uh, 2012 when he was diagnosed with it, and he's declining he's continuing to decline. in the early years of uh, of his diagnosis, i I, I struggled. I struggled mightily with with this reality of the practical peace that I have. Um I didn't I didn't have it. Um I mean I knew it was mine, but there was so much anxiety that I had about the future of my dad and there was also I needed to come to a place of of really trusting in um the Lord and in the sovereignty of God and and this under understanding this, the providence of God. God is working all things for the good of those who who belong to Christ. He he's his hand, his hand of mercy. He has a he is merciful to those who call on the name of the Lord. He's faithful. Um, he's faithful even when we're faithless. And this is what we have to remember. We have to remember the truth of the gospel. As Martin Luther said, we we. Uh, forget the gospel. And so every day we need to be reminded of the gospel, this practical peace of God. This is what it means to take the truth, take us by the hand, if you will, and preach the gospel to ourselves, as it's been said. It's another way of taking hold, is what I want to say, of the reality of the peace that Jesus has won for us, some of you might think, you know, this, this, what, what are you, why are you talking about this? I, I know this reality. Um, you may know this reality, but, but the question is, is in the midst of your trials, in the midst of your suffering, in the midst of financial difficulty, are you taking yourself by the hand and are you reminding yourself or are you forgetting? And and this is where despair and fear and anxiety and other things. Now, let me be clear: there is a there is a reality um, that there is a reality, and there is a need uh, from time to time um, to go to the doctor. God gives us doctors in a common in His common grace we would say. He gives us doctors and sometimes there's there's mental and there's physical realities going on in our bodies and we need to go to the doctor. We need to get checked out. So when I say that um, the root of your anxiety is could be because you're not taking hold of Christ more and and when you are struggling with discouragement, I'm not discounting the fact that there could be other factors at play here. But the, the reality is we first have to talk about what is happening here are we taking hold of christ himself are we taking hold in a second in a corinthians 120 way are we taking hold of the promises of god that christ has won for us you see and and that's what paul is talking about in second corinthians 120 he, all the promises of god are yes and amen in christ Today, sadly, what we want to do is we instead want to go first to the doctrine, first to modern psychology. And as Christians, though, we have a firm and sure and steady and reliable and trustworthy word in the word of God. That's, that's our, and the word of God is for every area and every phase of our life. And so we first have to go to the word of God and we have to say, this is what the word of God says about me. I have peace with God because of Christ. And so if you're struggling with anxiety, like we're going to talk about, or you're struggling with discouragement or fear, or you're experiencing suffering, we're going to talk about that over the next bunch of months. Um, We need to remember that we have this peace because of Christ. We have this peace because of Christ. And we, it's because we have been made right with God that we have peace with God because we've repented and put our hope and trust in Christ. Now, what this, now what that peace does very practically is it's being worked into the very fabric of our lives through the ministry of the spirit. And this takes us back to Philippians four, six through eight, where, where Paul says that it's because of this peace that, that we need to remember. Paul says, Paul says this in Philippians 4, 6 through 8, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Notice what he says before this. He says in verse uh, five, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. When Paul says the Lord is near, what he means is that the Lord is near. He means that. He means that the Lord cares, that the Lord knows the various circumstances of our lives. And this frames even verse six, which says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And so do not want to not be anxious about what's happening in your life. Well, Paul tells us here how not to be anxious about anything. That doesn't mean, though, that we won't struggle with it. He's not saying that, but he's saying, do you want to not be anxious? Do you want to not struggle with anxiety? So what he's saying here is here's how. In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So so there is a way to deal, as we'll talk about, uh, with our anxiety and the way that he's going to talk about it is because of the 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 what christ has done for us he's given us this practical piece which we'll talk about in verse seven but for stopping just here for a minute um, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to god and so we can stop here and ask the question how are you doing in prayer do you understand what's happening in prayer? Are you are you casting your cares on the Lord who First Peter 5 tells us he cares for us? Or are you just going about your day, not casting your cares on the Lord? Are you spending that time, that quality time, maybe even five minutes talking to the Lord because you have communion with him, you have this peace? Are you talking to the Lord about the cares of your life? Well, I know, I know for me when, when I don't, I'm, I'm often full of anxiety about, you know, finances or uh, various situations. And, and even as we look later about uh, verse uh, in verse 13 of this passage, Paul says, verse 13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. We, we often like to use that verse, and it's a slogan in our culture, right? We all know that in sports. But what Paul is talking about, really, what he's confronting is the very idea of being self-sufficient. Remember, we started this looking at, uh, we can even go back to verse 2 of this passage. And verse 2 of Philippians 4 and verses 13, they really book in. Um, Paul talks about how we're in him. We belong to Christ. And so it's because of Christ and because he's utterly sufficient that all the realities that he's describing in in uh, this passage, starting in verse four, uh, running through verse nine, they're, they're possible for us it's possible because we have this peace we have the peace of God that that has saved us and we have the peace of God that's being applied to us through the ministry of of the holy spirit because we're united to Christ by faith in his name and so this reality of even pursuing the lord and casting our cares and spending quality time in prayer and casting our cares, it's possible for us because we have one in the Lord who is our high priest. Hebrews 4, 14-16 tells us and invites us, it summons us, the Lord does, uh, because he's our high priest, he summons us to come before the throne of grace. So we can cast our cares, we can spend time, quality time in prayer. But Paul also says in verse 6 of Philippians 4, with thanksgiving, How are you doing at Thanksgiving? Paul says in uh, 1 Thessalonians 5 that, that being, we are to be thankful in Christ because this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. How are you doing at, at being thankful? Sometimes what that means is just, just saying in your prayers, Lord, I'm so thankful that I have food and I have shelter and I, I have a a spouse. If you have kids, be thankful for your kids. If you have grandchildren, be thankful that you have grandchildren. Um, be thankful, take time before you get in the car and drive and say, Lord, I'm just so thankful that I even have a vehicle. Um, would you please, uh, help me to drive safely? And, and even just, and when you get to a place, um, to the gas station or wherever you're going thank you lord for helping me to drive safe today um you know this expresses a, a heart that we're talking about here now about the heart posture of our hearts and what paul is doing is he's taking this practical piece and he's pushing it more and more into our lives and in verse 7 of philippians 4 he says and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So this is the peace of God that we've been talking about. This peace of God, this practical peace that's being worked into our lives, it, he says, is going to guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. If we remember uh, Proverbs 4.23, it says, guard your hearts with all due diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. This is, a, this is what we're to do. Guard your hearts with all due diligence. Uh, John Flavel wrote a famous book called "Keeping the Heart," and this is the idea that Paul is talking about. that The Lord is the Lord is faithful to His word. He's going to help us in every situation of life to take this peace um, and make it more real into our hearts in, in the midst of uh, anxiety, discouragement. Uh, he's there. He's providing this peace. The amazing thing about this reality, this peace of God, um, Paul talks about in Ephesians 1, this this grace that Christ has given to us, uh, secured for us in his death, burial, and resurrection, this grace is even super abounding towards us. Um, This is an amazing, amazing truth for the Christian. So the grace of God is super abounding towards you. Um, and this peace that God has given to us through the person and work of Christ, is, it not only secures our salvation, it not only secures our communion with Christ, it not only secures our security in Christ, it makes possible for our fellowship with Christ through the ministry of the Spirit. But this peace is even help, even becoming more real, Paul is saying in verse 7, in the midst of our experience. And remember what he says here before I can continue on here in verse five, the Lord is at hand. The Lord is near. Now, many Christians, they struggle with this. They think, you know, where is the Lord in the midst of my suffering? Where is the Lord in the midst of my anxiety, my discouragement, my my issues? And Paul very clearly says the Lord is at hand. The Lord is near. He cares. We know that he cares because this is what he came to do. He came under the sentence of death for us to pay the penalty for us in our place and for our sins, so that we could be forgiven and and this is the forgiveness of of our sins. this is a forgiveness of a debt that we could never pay. Remember that remember that what jesus did he he suffered as the innocent lamb of God for us he suffered. Uh, The most gruesome death to pay that penalty, crucifixion. Um, He suffered and hung on a cross, and all the while his enemies are mocking and jeering him, and and he endured. uh, Peter says in First Peter, he endured this suffering for us, and so it's possible in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of our trials, in the midst of our difficulty. have this practical peace but it's not because of us and what this means is is we can't rely on ourselves we can't rely on ourselves um and this is this is what again paul says in verse 13 he's countering this idea that we are confronted with every day you might think how is this possible it's but it's not possible because of your own strength So we have to talk about the the power supply, the source that we've talked about through the death, burial, and resurrection that makes us right with God. This is how we have peace with God. But this practical peace is what Paul is talking about here in verse 7. He's going to continue on in verse 8 saying, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's commendable, if there's anything excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, Think about these things in verse 8. In verse, in verse 8, the word think here, it really means to meditate. It's concerned with what are we thinking about? Uh, Jesus talks about this in the great commandment where we're told in Matthew 22, 37 through 40, to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, and with all of our soul. In Psalm 1, we're, we're told to meditate on the law of the Lord day and night. And this word think here, it means the same Uh, as in uh, psalm one where the idea is is to is to meditate to chew to take yourself by the hand and to think about what the lord has done uh, for you in his death burial and resurrection as revealed in the word Meaning that we're to take and to think about those things that are 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 in the Word of God as Paul calls them. Whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's commendable. If there's anything excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, he says, think about these things. And the think is to meditate. And and how do you meditate? Well, you're you're taking and so you're opening the Word of God like we're doing, and we're reading the Word of God, and then we're just simply thinking about and asking ourselves. What does this mean? Which we're talking about. What does this mean? And then, and then what does this mean for my life? What, what are the various ways in which I don't, uh, spend that time in prayer? What are the various ways that I don't, I'm not talking to the Lord about what's happening? What are the various ways in which, um, then I'm not thankful? Um, and, and this quickly gets to the heart of the issue. What are the various ways in which I'm not thinking on what is true, what is honorable, what is just, what is pure, what is lovely, what is commendable, what is excellent, as revealed in the Word? What are, what are what are the various ways in which we're prone to being distracted? What are the various ways in which we're prone to forget? And what this does is it helps us to assess those ways in which you know in our whether it's in our thoughts and our behavior and our so or what some other way. Where we're prone to forget, prone to leave as that as that uh, hymn goes, the God I love. And the goal here is that what that hymn says to ask the question, is it well with my soul? If it's not well with my soul, how in which way am, am I failing to think on what is true and noble and good as revealed in the word, those praiseworthy things, and to meditate on those things? And what this does is it helps us to see those various ways in which we still need to grow. And this is, this is actually Paul's goal because what he wants us to do is he wants us to press home these, these truths of the practical peace of God that Christ has secured for us. So Paul says in verse 9, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So this is the peace of God that that Christ has won for us. And this peace is being made more real in our lives. Now, this is where we learn. We have to learn. We have to assess how am I doing at this? And it's a question. It's a question um, that leaves us with understanding that these are principles that paul is giving to us and with the understanding that it's christ's work in us so this piece that paul is talking about this piece is, has a power supply this power supply is the person and work of christ the god of peace has given it to us and is making it more real in our lives but it's revealed in the word of god that's paul's point in verse 9 Now, in verse 10, he says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Verse 11, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. So he learned how to be content and he framed this for number with the understanding of the the peace of God that has won our salvation and the peace of God that's being more made more real in his experience. That's how he knew how to be content. He says in verse 12, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger and abundance and need. And this is, this is how he found it. This is how he found it the 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 art and the skill of contentment in every situation because he knew the peace that christ has won and he knew the peace that was being made more real in his experience and so he knew that the lord was with him that's what he's saying and the reason that wasn't that he could trust himself as we talked about in verse 13 he says i can do all things through him who strengthens me it wasn't about paul he, he, he knew that because of Christ, he could spend time in prayer. He could cast his cares on the Lord because he knew that the Lord cared for him. He knew that the Lord loved him and that, that this peace was being made more real in the midst of every circumstance of life. So, so as you think about this today, I want you to think about this. In what ways are you prone to forget the peace of god that has won for you this salvation through the death burial and resurrection of christ in what ways in the practical experience of your life in the trials of your life and even in the good times of your life in what ways are you prone to forget and and to leave the god that you love forgetting the grace of god that won you this salvation it, maybe that's, maybe that's in your workplace. You, you, you go to work and you forget that God sent you out on a mission you, to make disciples where you're at. Um, maybe you forget uh, when you're in traffic. We, we can all do that. Uh, maybe you can forget it in the midst of an argument with your spouse. We can all do that, right? Maybe you're prone to forget. Um, maybe you're prone to forget in the midst of uh, the situations of your life with finances or anxiety. And so, so Paul has something to say here to all of us. And so I wanted today to talk about that because you know what? Um, i i struggle with this we all struggle with this i wrote a book on this uh contentment the journey of a lifetime and it is a journey it's a journey of a lifetime it's a journey of learning to find this practical peace that that christ has given to us through the ministry of the spirit in every situation of life you know i want to talk with you just briefly about about this um because, you know what, even recently, uh, even with the book being released and having many opportunities to talk um, about this piece, this practical piece that we're talking about today, um, you know, I need to remember this. I need to take myself by the hand. Even, even recently, you know, um, sadly, unfortunately, um, even as I record this on the 17th, um, just a few days ago my mom's husband tragically uh died um he had a his second widowmaker and what a widowmaker is it's you have a, a the main heart valve into your heart and his heart valve um, the main heart valve into his heart was 100% blocked and so he had a, what they call a widowmaker uh meaning that you know you you're, you lose your spouse and um, he fought hard. He, he survived that, uh, the second one. Um, and this one was much worse than the first one. Uh, my mom tragically has Alzheimer's. And uh, so I'm having to, in the midst of this, care for my mom uh, from a distance. And um, I, I need to remind myself of this practical piece. When my, when, um, in 2012, when we learned that my dad had dementia, I I had to, um, I, I was studying the book of Hebrews and the point of Hebrews is he's writing to a church that is facing, um, persecution. They're facing suffering. And what, what the writer of Hebrews does is he reminds his audience of the sufficiency of Christ over all things. And we even discover there in Hebrews 4 about the high priestly ministry of Jesus in verses uh, 14 through 16 of Hebrews. And, and I needed this truth. And as I've dealt with my mom's memory issues, as I've cared for my dad now for over a decade with these things, these really hard things, I'm not saying that I, that I have it all figured out. I'm still learning. This is a journey. But I I have to take myself in the hand and I have to remind myself of the peace of God through Christ that I have. I am am his. He is mine. And I can remind myself of this truth I'm saying in the midst of my situation, in the midst of my circumstances and so can you. And so I want you to to join me as we talk about this over the over the next few months. We're going to talk about anxiety, we're going to talk about discouragement, we're going to talk about suffering and more. Um and we're going to have some interviews intermixed into that uh where we're going to talk about a variety of different topics as well. But I want you I really want to encourage you um on this, that you have, if you're in Christ, you belong to him. You have this peace. You have this hope. And so take yourself by the hand. Um, and remind yourself. Your situation might be different than mine. I understand. But we all need to lean in like Paul is encouraging us to do in Philippians 4. And we need to take hold of the treasure that is in Christ himself. We belong to him. He belongs to us. And this is the reality that is being worked into our lives through the ministry of the Spirit in our lives. And so I hope that and I trust that this is helpful to you and that um, it, it'll help you to, to face and to deal better with um, a variety of situations that you're facing um, and enjoy and me. And, and I want to say thank you for encouraging uh, your friends. And family um, to subscribe to this podcast. If you're not subscribed to this podcast, well, I would just ask you to do so, and to please leave a rating um, on on uh, Apple Podcasts if you listen there, or on Spotify. And uh thank you so much, uh, f- everybody, for sharing this uh, podcast with your friends, wherever you listen. If you listen on YouTube, uh, thank you for uh, also subscribing there. I want to encourage you if you listen to subscribe. We do do video episodes there and we have a variety of people contributing there. So uh, thank you so much for listening or watching the Equip You and Grace podcast of this episode. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you.